Hello, my heroes, and welcome to this week's edition of the Indestructible Podcast, the podcast for the people, the podcast that can never die. I am your host, the Indestructible, Danny Cano, and today I'm sitting here with Corey Maddy, the LA Hope dealer herself in the <laughs> building. Corey, how you doing today? I'm doing great, now that I'm talking to you. Nice, nice. <laughs> now, one of my first things I always love to ask people on the show is, how do they get to where they are today? But for you, I want to ask you these words. Good art makes you think. Great art makes you do. What do those words mean to you? Um, so, you know, I coined that phrase because everything that I do usually has a QR code, right? So um, in my head, it made sense to, you know, of course, you know, good art makes you think, like, it makes you think about different perspectives, you know, <clears throat> or different, you know, I don't know, meanings of a, a certain art piece, X, Y, Z, you know, but for an art piece to make you go up and actually take like a call to action and actually say, donate a dollar, you know, or, you know, learn more or spread awareness about something that makes it great art because you're also doing something that's to make the world a little bit better, you know? Because I feel like that, that prompt there in particular exactly hits the nail on the head of what I think great art should do is that it should move people. I, I feel oftentimes there's this narrative with, with, moving art where oh it's nice to look at oh it, it i see the message you're telling but then i'm gonna go on my way but i yeah. feel like what 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 you just talked about right there when you have that qr code it it adds that step of initiation adds that step of activism that the viewer can kind of partake and be a part of that said art yeah you know? exactly and it's able to like almost take the mural or the piece off the wall and you know make it live in other places you know um mm -hmm. Because then it's like, you know, it can embed with a with a link. So someone can actually see that in, you know, France when it's in L.A., you know. So, I, you know, the power of, you know, QR codes and technology and, you know, of course, that needs to be embraced more by artists, you know, because it not only amplifies their work, but it makes a difference, you know, and it's easier uh, to share. I was going to say, how did you come up with that idea? Because that sounds like such a cool, unique idea that you'd think more people would do. Yeah, I don't know why people don't do it. I, I maybe because they get ripped off a lot, and I and I am annoying, and I go back and re-put them on up, you know. And like a lot of artists probably just don't want to do that after, you know. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I think my LA Hope Dealer area of art is perfect because there's always a message behind it, you know. So maybe some people's art, I don't know. They could still use a QR code to go to their website, or you know, I don't know why no one's doing it. <laughs> and I love your art, Corey, because it has that that classic pop art feel. It has that activism, social commentary feel. Uh, tell me a little bit about your style. How did you find your your style, your eye? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, I always drew in black and white even before I became LA Hope Dealer, and it just like wasn't it, it was sticking, but it wasn't like I didn't have a like specific you know aesthetic, I guess you know. And so once LA Hope Dealer was born, it was, well, the reason why that happened was because I uh, had leftover paint from a Kobe mural that I was supposed to paint. And then, you know, uh, I painted Cancel Plants Not Humanity with, you know, me in the in the trench coat. Um, and then the next day was in LA Times. So that's why I stuck with the yellow, black and white. You know, I kept, and like, regardless, it would always been black and white, but the yellow was not by choice. But now it is, because I love it now, you know. I, I love that because that to me, 
that that to me is how sometimes great art happens in that maybe we're not always so consciously deciding every factor of it but we find it along the way you know like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a musician so oftentimes when i play with a group or a band you know we don't always know where the song's going but you find it along the way you know yeah yeah exactly and i think that's why i mean i think now that i i've given myself a platform for people to know who I am, the, the black and white just drawings are more recognizable, even if there's no yellow, you know? Cause it's like, I never knew how to even describe it. It's like kind of stencilly looking, but it's like not fancy-ish. It's a little bit like it plays off of, there's like, I don't even know, you know, it's just two tone black and white, you know, like that's how my brain works. I look at shapes, you know? So. And, and did you always know that that style of art in terms of mural was what you wanted to do? Because especially being based out of LA, we see oftentimes like these very powerful moving tribute, like as you stated, like a, with a Kobe figure or any great historical figure that made an impact. Did you know, though, that pop art was the avenue you wanted to use? Yeah, I guess I, I just didn't know how to describe it because I've always drawn that way, you know, but I, I guess I once I was like thrusted into the art world, I was like, oh, that's pop art you know i i didn't like put two and two together it was more like i don't know this is just how i draw <laughs> you know it was like a crash course once i you know because i didn't go to school for art i you know completely different things you know what i mean so um you know I, it was like a it was definitely a crash course when i came out to la you know i, I was gonna say i can definitely are you a fan of shepherd fairy yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Great, yeah. You, yeah. I can definitely get that feel because I feel too with art and especially with murals. Whatever you can do to kind of catch the eye of somebody, as opposed to just simply being, "Oh, this is a great, beautiful piece of art," you'll yep. oftentimes be able to initiate the viewer a little bit more so with let let let's say a minimalist approach to things, as opposed to splashing everything crazy on the on the exactly. wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I could like, if I could have a mix. Between Banksy, Shepard Fairey, and Barbara Kruger, and th th if that was me, then that would be, I'm pretty spot on then, you know? And I've always wanted to ask somebody who actually creates these awesome pieces of art, in your opinion, what makes a great mural? Oh, man. That's tough. But there's so many things that make a great mural. Because there's, like, I look at some murals, I'm like, I don't know how the fuck they did that. You know, like, ones that are so massive and, like, realistic, I have no fucking clue how they did that. You know? So it's like... I. I, it's hard because I'm biased because I'm like things that I don't know how to do makes it a great mural to me, you know? Cause like I'll go into places and I'll be like, okay, well, how was that made? Or like art museums, like I'll look to see how they got to the final product, you know? So I think, you know, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, but I think aside from, you know, pieces that I don't know how they can complete, um, you know, I, I, I think the message behind it, you know, I'm, you know, there's a lot of art that's cool and there's no message behind it. And that's great. It doesn't need, you know, need it. But what speaks to me is when there's like a hidden message or something that's like a way deeper meaning or it's so simplified on the wall, but the description about why it's, why it, it is the way that it is, is, you know, the powerful piece of the puzzle. So absolutely. I agree on that one. And, you know, speaking of being wowed by somebody's art, I'm sure all of us are wowed when we see your pieces. Tell us a little bit about your process. How how do you go about mapping out how you're going to approach like a piece? Tell us about that. Yeah, well, there's like so many variables that like go into that, you know, because it's like the type of wall. It's like sometimes like stucco, it gets, you know, eats up paint. And there's like, so. and then is it, you know, a busy street? Do I need permitting, you know? Can I project from across the street? You know, like there's so many different things that, go into it like you know me using a stencil or, or 
um, projecting or, you know, I mean, literally anything, you know, doesn't really matter how you get it on the wall, just as long as you get it on the wall, you know? So I think, uh, you know, aside from, uh, it, it's important to understand the, the variables around the wall, you know? Cause like if I'm at a parking lot, then that's great. Fantastic. Because I can control, you know, what comes in and out. But when I'm on the, you know, in Santa Monica and I, you know, on seventh street in Colorado and it's busy, how the fuck, you know? And, you know, speaking of which, have you have you ever encountered some strange circumstances where maybe you were working on a piece and somebody kind of tried stopping you or has there any been ever been anything like that? Yes. Uh, during the pandemic, the I got asked to I got commissioned to paint on vans by van at the in the downtown location. And the security guard told me to stop like midway. And I got in a fight with him. I said, all right, you can pull the cops. Cause I'm not stopping. So then I had to get like vans on the phone and all this shit. And then, uh, you know, it's always, it's, it's usually with like homeless people, you know, like smashing my tripod while I'm time-lapsing, just shit like that. But it's like, it sucks, but it's also like the beauty of the street of street art, you know, like you get come in contact with people that you probably wouldn't ever be in contact with, you know, and it's, it's interesting. It's a, definitely, it's a learning experience. And Corey, you touched on it a little bit beforehand that art wasn't your first journey. I know you've got a pretty interesting journey moving from South Jersey, beginning in sports management originally, and then moving down to LA pursuing art. Tell us a little bit about that journey. How did that happen? Yeah, fucking wild. I don't know. It's like, you know, I I grew up in a family of educators. So it's like art was never, that's like, that's not, don't get an art degree, you know? And I was like, you know, I just, I was always creative, but I just thought that that wasn't even an avenue you know, and I think it all happened at the right time because it's like, you know, I was in college in like 2010, 2011, 2012. And like, that's when social media was actually kind of gaining that momentum. So, you know, once I graduated and I like, you know, was broke college kid, you know, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just draw a few things and like sell them for 20, 30 bucks. But then I started able to sell them on Instagram. I was like, well, that's a whole different audience, you know? And then like every couple of years, it would be like, well, now I'm selling stuff for like 50 to 200, you know? And then like my entry level sports job, which was trash. And I, it's very male dominated, the sports world that, and you know, now you kind of know me, so it didn't mix the way that it probably should have. Um, yeah. And then I, I just like, you know, my entry level job, I was like, I can, I'm not making a lot. I can make this amount full time by drawing on Instagram, you know, like drawing things for people on Instagram. So, like the amount I, I, I ha I've had to draw because I've had to draw over 500 pieces for people. You know, but before I moved to LA, I didn't pick up a paintbrush. It was only Sharpie, Sharpie on paper. That's it. That's all I drew on was Sharpie and paper. And then when I got here, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not good enough. I have to learn things. So I learned a tattoo. I learned to pick up a paintbrush. You know, then I started painting on canvases and then I interviewed artists. And then I, you know, lived in an hour north on my, on my best friend's couch for two years. And, you know, it's like shit that I didn't want to do. Like the ugly things that people don't know. You're like, oh, congrats on your overnight success. I'm like, you have no fucking clue. You know, I moved here. You know, I had, I had a, you know, before coming to LA, I had a job and I had my own apartment. And then I moved here. I was in a two bedroom with six boys, you know? So it's like the sacrifices you have to make to get here. Cause LA will fucking chew you up and spit you the fuck out, you know? So that was 2015 and I didn't hit my shit until 2020. And it was a lot of just long, long hours and empty promises, you know, you know, LA it's like, Oh, we'll get you this, the jacket to the weekend. We'll do this. You know, it's exposure. Go fuck yourself. How about that? You know? Exactly, exactly. But I, I love hearing stories like that, Corey, because I feel like more people need to hear stories like that where maybe somebody 
they found their path along the way. They Maybe it wasn't originally what they had planned out, but it's maybe something even greater. Like yep. you've got to get out in the field. You've got to get your hands dirty. You've got to actually do totally. it to see if you really want to do it, you know? I, and I think that's the hardest part. It's like, what, you know, it's all backwards. I did a whole campaign about student loans because I'm, you know, I have them. Um, and, you know, it's like what, you're 18 and you're supposed to choose what you're supposed to do for the rest of the life. Quite frankly, I didn't even know I was a lesbian until I was 21. So it's like, um, I'm not choosing to do something for the rest of my fucking life. I just knew I was good at sports, you know, and I liked them and I was competitive. You know, but it's like that doesn't. I think that's what also what makes me such a unique artist because I have a I'm like very left brain and right brain. You know, I tutored all the student athletes that graduated 4.0 of Georgetown. Like, there's just many levels to education and you know to to learning because I wouldn't change it because I think it the story is actually interesting enough to make it a part of who I am and you know what I stand for now. You know, and I had many many learning experiences in college that you know I would never be able to get anywhere else. You know, but um it's it's fucking bullshit that you know kids can take out student loans at 18 but they can't take a a business loan you know so you know that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) exactly exactly but i love that i love Corey that you're using your platform to 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 not just help uh current big problems but you're using your platform to help students to help people that 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 need that that need that voice you know that need that somebody to say look this system is not great even though this is how we've been doing it for huh. years, maybe we can change some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I think, it, and then it goes beyond that. I think I always had a problem, like, you know, working in, say, like a traditional job that I would say a lot of things out loud that people were thinking and maybe wasn't appropriate, not like in a mean way, but like at the time where it's like, okay, well, now I know why I need to be an artist, you know? Cause I'm like, the, the amount of messages I've gotten from people that are like working traditional jobs, like, thank you for being able to say these things, like, even big dick energy. Or like suck my dick, blah blah blah. Like, yes, I'm challenging, you know, gender norms or gender, you know, like why the fuck can I like? I I mean, it's the first day of Women's History Month, so you'll see what I have planned. You know, <laughs> I'm actually jumping out of a plane on Sunday with a 25 foot big dick energy flag. So with with what? all Tell us yeah, the story of this. I I don't even know what the fuck happened, and I'm like now I talk so much shit that I have to do it because I hate fucking I hate rides and shit. So. I was, I had a solo show in Arizona and these girls came in and I had a big dick energy written massive across the wall. And then they stopped me and they were like, I fucking love this, you know? And they started following me. And then I saw that, like, I just clicked on one and one of the girls is the only female skydiver on the Red Bull skydiving team. And then she also has a, um, what's it called? Uh, a all female professional skydiving team. So I was like, well, let me make you a fucking shirt, jump out of, you know, with like big, big energy. And she's like, well, let's make a flag. And I was like, well, shit, you ain't got to tell me. And then, um, then escalated. She's like, well, then you're going to jump with the flag. And I was like, oh, okay. That's not, all right. So it's happening on Sunday. I'm going to, I'm going to pee my pants probably. So. <laughs> and, and Corey, one so, of my favorite things about your pieces is that they use cultural figures um, as a viewpoint, as, as magnets to get people's attentions. And, and then they kind of are used in a way that, that is, is telling a narrative, is telling a story. Tell us about that process. Um, how do you go about finding those specific figures? Yeah, so I mean, I, a perfect example would be probably what I have planned for Women's History Month is I'm pulling like women that are uh, that were leaders or trailblazers throughout history and I'm putting big, big energy next to them. So the first one I just did on Melrose, it's Frida Kahlo, but I drew her um, from her own painting of herself after her and um, Diego got divorced. And she was in his like oversized suit and she cut her hair and she was basically challenging 
you know, gender norms and, you know, stereotypes. And, uh, I think I'm going to get it tattooed cause I just can't stop looking at it. Um, you know, and, uh, actually in her, I don't know if you're familiar with that, that image, you know, that I'm talking about, but in her, um, in the suit, it, it has like written BDE, like hidden all throughout her suit. Um, but it's like, and I just put out a whole carousel of why basic energy is empowering for women. Cause I know a lot of people scoff at that. So that's just, I literally just posted that right before we, um, we got on this call, you know? And, um, yeah, so I, I think it's just interesting to find people. Cause like then the next thing will be like, okay, well, why does Frida Kahlo have big dick energy? You know, so like she went against the grain. She, you know, had, she embraced her uniqueness and she challenged, you know, stereotypes and, and traditionally when you're, you shouldn't do that at all, you know? And so like, there's different people like, I, well, I did draw, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with her yet, but I drew actually Pamela Anderson, which is, a little interesting to, but I don't know if you saw her documentary and it's like, she is just unbelievable. You know, like she uses, you know, you know, people sexualize her all the time, but like she just water off her back, you know, and like just the way that, you know, she was able to keep her head held high and in, in, in certain situations and, and stuff. I'm like, that's big, big energy. So it's like, I, I need people to understand, like to find their big, big energy. Like me, mine is art because that's when I'm confident you know, it's well, I'm talking about my art. I'm, you know, talking about things that I could express myself. So each person has big dick energy. They just got to find it, you know? So I think that's how I am trying to bridge the gap between like powerful leaders, like AOC and big dick energy. Like she's just, you know, like look at her, you know, I would marry that bitch for sure. You know? So it's just like, you know, all the things that make them who they are and them powerful or historical is what makes them have that confidence and the big dick energy. And that's, that's how I kind of, went and chose them for this campaign, if that makes sense. I love that. I I, I think that that's so powerful because I, I think using these these specific figures, it, like it, it's a perfect touch point for people to use as reference for their own lives. People can, like you said, maybe like whatever you come up with with Pamela Anderson, that's going to be such a powerful piece because I feel like now, especially we're seeing more and more narratives being taken back from people that they didn't get a chance to tell their side of the story. They didn't get a chance to, to tell. It's just the media. And that wasn't even that long ago. There was only like 30, 20 Literally. years. How fucking wild. And the media was so misogynistic. So didn't give any platform to people to truly show who they were, you yeah, know? Exactly. She never got the chance. And also like never got the rights to the video leaked. I'm like, I'd be shook. You know how much money, money that she like is owed that she'll never get. That's just bullshit. You know, exactly. Corey. So thank you for number one, just thank you for the work that you're doing. The work you're doing oh, is yeah. important and it's going to help so many people's lives. And then just in closing, Corey, I know you've kind of shared it a little bit, but is there any big future murals or big dream projects you'd love to one day accomplish that you'd love to talk about? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to be planning some things with national wildlife again, but like, hopefully, you know, I mean, there's going to be like AR involved and like those things that I really want to continue to lean into technology. Cause like, that's obviously where we're going um, and how to blend that in like the real world um, without being completely out of touch with reality, you know? Um, and, you know, uh, planning really pride, you know, right now I, we are talking to Hollywood partnerships on actually having the women's skydiving team fly into pride. And I'm trying to figure out how they can like land on a massive canvas where there's paint. Like, so I'm just trying to do, Actually, uh, it's Women's History Month, so I'm trying to make history. So I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this month I'm going to make history. So, 
Hell yeah, you're making history one, <laughs> one mural at a time. I'm trying, man. <laughs> and then finally, where can people find you online? Where can people see some of your art out there? Yeah, I mean, shit. It's flooded in LA for sure. But, um, you know, my I'm not good at social media. So my only one really is Instagram and Corey Maddie. So people can find that. And then, you know, LAHopeTheater.com. I have a bunch of stuff. I also have a lot of stuff at CoreyMaddie.com. So, you know, it's important. They're one and the same. But, you know, it's like Clark Cannon, Superman. <laughs> Thank awesome, you, Danny. Corey. Thank you so much.